is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Hey, welcome to Upbeat, and thank you very much for being here and for listening in or watching. If you're watching this on YouTube or on the website, parkercane.co, appreciate you being here. I have an amazing interview today with Dr. Travis Fox. Dr. Travis is a celebrity teacher, trainer, motivational speaker, producer, director, author, and entertainer, holding two doctorates, one Emmy Award, over 30 Telly Awards, and over 14,000 hours on stage presenting around the globe. More recently, Recently, Travis has been named by Yahoo Finance as a top 20 entrepreneur for 2020 and also one of the top 20 Instagram influencers, according to BuzzFeed. So Travis knows a little something, you know, and he's here on Upbeat to share with us his stories and his insight and his lessons learned. And I'm so incredibly happy to have him here in today's episode. Travis and I talk about what it means and what it takes to become our most authentic selves. And we also talk about the transformation that all of us go through from childhood to adulthood, where we go from naturally expressing ourselves to just kind of automatically doing what society would have us do and mimicking and modeling society and how we can break free from that. That's something we talk about in this episode, uh, how we can become more consciously aware and stop comparing ourselves to other people or idolizing other people and start truly becoming architects of our own lives. So this is a really phenomenal episode with Dr. Travis Fox. Uh, I learned a lot from him. I know you will too. Let's get into it. Travis, thank you very much for joining me on Upbeat. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Great time to be here. It's been a long time scheduling to get it here for both of us, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I appreciate your flexibility. I'm glad to actually make it happen. Uh, before we get too, too into the conversations, though, I love starting with kind of a breakdown of who the guest is that I'm talking with that day. So, if you don't mind giving us a quick breakdown of your story and sharing a little bit about yourself, how you ended up starting Architecting Lives. Uh, well, that's an easy question. Uh, as I always tell people, what makes me a great head coach, and I mean head as in your mind, is that I was a head case first. Uh, I've, I was born in the United States, uh, but I was raised in Japan and Germany for pretty much the first 10 years of my life with the, about a six-month stand in Florida, which is where my father introduced me to the game of golf. And my father was one of those uh, you know, traditional Michigan farm boy who's good at every sport but wasn't great at any sport. And golf became his kind of obsession. And for some reason, it, it, he put a golf club in my hand. It was natural to me. And that, was, that really became the basis for our relationship for the next 15 years. And when my parents got divorced after coming back to the United States at nine and a half, that was really how my father and I related. So my entire world became about becoming a PGA Tour professional golfer. And that was, I mean, you look at my yearbook in high school, everybody knew that's what Travis Fox was going to be. I was captain of the golf team, yada, 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 whatever. And... There's this funny thing, and everybody knows this saying from a certain point of view, so I'll just kind of macroize it. And then, you know, there's your plan and there's the universe's plan and yours doesn't really matter. And I analogize that to, you know, this is what your conscious intention is and this is what your subconscious programming is going to do. And that's what ended up happening for me. And so at, at the ripe age of 18, rolling 19, I, I subconsciously decided to destroy that career and I chose to become a father for the first time. And that sent me into a tailspin of two things. One, I had no idea how to be a father. Still not sure that I do now, you know, some 30 years later, but two, um, it destroyed my entire identity or my false identity that I had been building for pretty much my entire high school and, and middle school career. And at that point, 
my world fell apart. And so I went, you know, grasping for straws and said, well, I know what I'll do is I'll go to the psychology department and see if they can fix me, you know, so I can get my golf cart back. Quote, unquote, fix you. Yeah, yeah, quote, unquote, fix me. And here's the irony was that they really wanted to do more of, you know, the model that I started to experience was more of a Freudian kind of this gestalt model that focused mostly on my parents. And I said, hey, that's really great. But what does that do with my golf game? I need to get my golf game back or my, you know, my life's over. My father's, you know, going to disown me. My, you know, my mother loves me either way, but my, this was really my father's thing. And through that process, two things occurred. Uh, one, that's how I started uh, uh, architecting lives and starting with my own. One was to become the, the truth of who I really am versus who I thought I was supposed to be, according to my father. My father was very pissed off and very dismayed when I announced that I was not going to uh, pursue a life of a PGA Tour professional on tour. I wasn't going to do it. I, I like, I like the game and I'm good at it. And I coached 10 years on the PGA tour and had a great time. Golf channel, XM radio, the whole deal, even lost the first psychological infomercial to help golfers in the world. However, I didn't love it. And you got to love golf if you want to be at that level. And I didn't, what I loved was watching people really kind of wake up from their own self-hypnosis. And so I changed my entire uh, life path Hence, now we are here 31 years later as, you know, Dr. Fox and I founded the Academy many years ago and started training students all over the world in all aspects of life going, hey, guys, there's nine realms of human life. Why don't we start with the basics? Let's start with, you know, business, because business is an easy transferable realm. People can see their progress. They can see their faults. They're more willing to look at them as an external thing even though it's a reflection of the internal thing. And through that process, um, I developed two philosophies. One is called the EC theory. And the other one is that if it's not fun, I don't care who you are, what you do, you're not going to do it. It doesn't matter. I could offer you a bazillion dollars right now and say, Parker, here's the deal. I want you to do this, 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 and this. And if you do it, you're going to be a gazillionaire. You'll say you're going to do it about halfway through, you'll quit. And the reason being is when it gets to that place where it becomes an obligation or work, which we all fundamentally have a deep program, which I've discovered just about everybody has it around the globe. When it comes to that, we back off and we become very comfortable with quitting. And we call ourselves entrepreneurs when we're really serial job holders. And that's what I've been doing for the last 31 years is helping entrepreneurs, companies, CEOs, coaches, trainers, facilitators, truly take on the quest and develop their life and get on fire. And I don't mean like this motivational fake, hey, you know, I'm, I'm fired, doggone, I feel great, and then go home from an event and, you know, go right back to the same stupid crap. I'm talking about a lifelong spark that is constantly ignited. And it's because you understand your passion, your purpose, your mission, your vision, and it's all driving to this coagulated force that we call our legacy. And that's, that's kind of a snapshot of me. <laughs> well, that's a great snapshot. Thanks for, thanks for sharing. And there's a few, you know, key... Uh, key words, key phrases that I picked up on when you were sharing. And sure. first one that came to mind is be the truth of who you are, which I think you were talking yeah. about in your in your own story. The other one of which was uh, self hypnosis. I thought that yeah. was really fascinating. So uh, if you don't mind breaking those down, like how can someone find like the truth of who they are and not maybe be under their own spell of self hypnosis? Great, great. Both great questions. So I'll go with the, the first one first, which is how do we find the truth of who we are? That's a really interesting uh, adventure. Part of what we do in the quest is we take you on that journey. But here's the deal. Most self-transformational experiences or workshops or live events so focus on you as the individual. We've got to fix you. We've got to unleash you. We've got to go into the, you know, the darkness of you. And this is this traumatization that we've got to release. And I'm, I'm not a discounting that trauma is real. I've been traumatized as well as, as my partners. However, 
What we do with that is a very, very different experience. Most of self-transformation is about waddling and, and waiting in the experience of the past. Well, you know, Parker, you need to go back and understand why your dad didn't give you a hug or give you your approval or why your mom didn't do this or that or why your brother or sister, oh, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. What we need to do is be able to move that through us and release it because we're carrying it in a way that creates a block, very much like a castle wall. It creates this barrier or what many people call limiting self-beliefs, which I find hilarious because they're not limiting, they're just self-beliefs. They just happen to not be what we want. So when we really get into the, the concept of who we are, Let's agree that a long time ago, you being you before you got into middle school or high school was normal and everybody got along. It didn't matter. We all got along around sixth grade. We we're all together. We started to get into segregation in middle school. And then all of a sudden we started to get into teasing. We get into bullying. We get into segregation of, uh, of um, social grouping. And what ends up happening is the part of us that we were just naturally expressing, we've been shamed by, guilted by, not accepted by. And so we start stuffing it down. And then we do what, you know, it's called social acceptance or social modeling. We'll model a group so that we fit in, whether that's, you know, the cheerleaders, that's the athletes, that's the drama club, is the band, who gives a crap? We start finding ourselves a place where we can find home. That sounds really cool when you're in middle school and high school because you want to fit in. The problem is we have been self-hypnotizing ourselves that the only way that we're allowed permission, mostly from ourselves, to truly be ourselves is to go out and spend the rest of our life being other parts of ourselves that isn't really fully us to finally say, hey, look, I've explored all the realms of me that's not me. Now I'm ready to be me. Most people would qualify that as a midlife crisis or I'm going to turn my life around when it's really us just going out and asking permission from everybody else by being fake faults or fake it till you make it or projecting or saying the right things or being cool or dressing. So we fit into these groups of acceptance, which is the same crap we did in middle school, all in a way to finally be ourselves. And that's the difference between being who we think we're supposed to be and who we really are. And yet what we do at the quest, and I'm very adamant about this, I'll say, hey, Parker, here's the deal. And all of you listening to Parker show, whatever the misfit part of you is that you're embarrassed, shamed, guilted, that you stuffed away, whether it's through sexual trauma, psychological trauma, social trauma, self-inflicted trauma, that part that you keep stuffing down in the dungeon of who you are is exactly what your business needs to be successful, and more importantly, what your life needs to be fully integrated as your whole self, and most importantly, for you to finally give yourself permission in a fun, non-reliving the trauma 30,000 times over again, as though that's going to make it any better, way to finally be yourself. And I know I did the same thing when I, you know, I went to, when my father realized that I was not going to be a PGA Tour professional golfer. I love coaching it. I love teaching it. To this day, I did my time, but I don't want to spend 33 weeks on tour hitting golf balls all day. I'm just not that interested. There's far more interesting things to me. But when I realized that, part of me died. I shut down parts of my personality because being around my father and being myself, I always got rejected. I got, you know, I, he gave me all kinds of you know, well, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And, you, you know, you had a great opportunity, blew it. You never lived up to your potential. You quit. I mean, just you name it. Right. And I'm not trying to throw my father under the bus. I'm just saying, people, this is what really happens. And it seems like innocuous comments and they're frivolous, but they're not because they're, they go into our subconscious over time. And what ends up happening is we start leaving them out and you know, manifesting, not from our intention, but from reality, from who we really are. We need a subcon level. 
And what happens, you know, it doesn't matter how many, you know, I'm an Emmy Award winner, as you can see some of the awards behind me. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I have two doctorates. I did all these things that supposedly were going to prove to my father that all of the achievements I've had in my life, he'll finally say, dang, son, you made the right choice. Nope. He went to his deathbed, not even saying goodbye, still pissed off that I didn't do what he wanted me to do. And I said, it's not your life, father, it's mine. And I spent the better part of my 20s and part of my early 30s as Dr. Fox, even though I was Dr. Fox, but I was playing the role of what doctors are supposed to look like, act, act like, walk like, talk like. So here I'm, I'm in film and television and I'm like, hey, Parker, we can solve that thing here today. And, but if you call now, we'll give you two for the price of one, just total full of crap. On the yeah. inside, you're just totally dying. And so it really becomes about a permission-based structure. And part of that, now to the second part of your question, is waking up from the self-hypnosis that we are like a kid with the sword, if I can continue the castle analogy. We have this great sword to be the king and queen of our life. We have no idea how to wield it. We have no idea what to do with it. Sometimes we abuse the power. Sometimes we feel powerless. Sometimes we can't even pull the thing out of its sheath. Sometimes we pull it out and we make all kinds of carnage and damage when we don't mean to. And that's because we have these programs that goes all the way back into our educational system and to our, our indoctrination into life of how you're supposed to be so we can fit in socially through social modeling. And next thing you know, you wake up at your 40, 50 years old, you're going, this is it. This is who I am. This is life. I mean, you just work and slave to money and to some sort of achievement and you're done. And the best line that I've ever heard, and it's not mine, uh, it's a gentleman named Andrew, who's a fantastic individual, great speaker, who has become an associate through trade, has said, always said, you get to make a choice in this life. You get to choose a life of achievement or a life of fulfillment. Neither one is right or wrong. It's just, you need to own it. So if you're gonna go after all the achievements, the awards and the cloud and the social media, and I got 4 bazillion followers and blah, 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 because that's how you validate yourself. Be aware, you'll have a great life of achievement, but you may not be fully fulfilled emotionally, psychologically, sexually, et cetera, spiritually. Or a life of fulfillment that says, you can be fulfilled, still have great business success, have a ton of freedom, but most importantly, be who you are and explore all of the aspects of you in business, in relationship, your own personal body and being through all of that by just having a life of fulfillment, but you get to choose. And that's where you get to understand the king and queen's path. As the king and queen, you get to choose which path you want. And it's, you know, often what we'll do is we'll start with a life of achievement and go, this sucks. Well, we got there, we got all these awards and trophies, but who cares? We still haven't really got that itch scratch that deep down inside that deep passion of fire that says, I want to go on the adventure of a lifetime. And I've been so busy pursuing achievements that I really haven't been pursuing my own fulfillment. And that's what waking up from the self-hypnosis process comes from is waking up from those programs of who you think you are or supposed to be versus who you really are. And more importantly, like I said a moment ago, releasing and exploring all the parts of you that you've compressed, suppressed, oppressed over the years because you were teased or you were bullied or you were told that's not the way to do it. What the F ever, none of it's true. But what's so amazing is we're such powerful creators. We don't even realize we're creating it, but we spend more of our time focusing on creating what we don't want versus focusing, creating what we want because we're conditioned to be in that space. And that's really what we take people on the quest through. But we do it in a fun way because if it's not fun, you're not going to do it. <laughs> that's so true. It it's kind of mind blowing actually like to think that probably most of us uh all of us are are constantly fighting that that hypnosis that or like you said conditioning from when we were younger um and it does turn into like 
seeking validation in other ways. You know, for you, it was the, with your father, like you wanted to make him proud or make him happy or with some of the awards and stuff. And by the way, I was going to say doctor, um, but I listened to a few episodes of you before. Uh, the one I'm thinking of right now is the one with you on dropping bombs with Brad Lee. <laughs> And you were like, I don't go by a doctor. I go by Travis. <laughs> it's always yeah. like, I'm going to try to stick no, to that. But. <laughs> no, no, I appreciate that. I mean, look, you know, doctor just gives, you know, that, that, that credibility for people, I guess. For me, I'm like, look, when I looked up the etymology of the word doctor at, at my mentor's request, I realized, you know, it comes from a Latin word that's derived from the word teacher. So for me, teacher, a doctor doesn't mean expert that I've arrived at some pinnacle or some apex of knowing everything. Quite the opposite. What I've learned is I love teaching people, but not from I know everything, but more from a guide. So that's why you hear us called, we're called quest masters. Our job is we've guided thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people of how to go from uh, literally from founder to funding to fortune, but doing it in a way that's never been done before. And even Apple and Google, when we launched the app said, we, we've never seen anybody be able to put these two things together and make it work. We don't have a category for it, so we have to invent one. Okay, if Apple and Google said that, well, damn, that's a pretty good achievement as far as I'm concerned. I was like, great, that was unexpected. Yeah. But more importantly, it became fun. And for me, it allowed me to finally be released of the bonds and chains of what doctors are supposed to do, look, act, walk, talk like. This is me. This is how I walk on stage. I talk the same. What you see now is what you see on stage, what you see off stage. There is no versions of Travis. And I think that was what I became guilty of. And I think a lot of the speakers in the industry be, be become guilty of because we're on that stage and people are looking at you going, well, you've got your stuff all together. No, I don't. I'm just as messed up as you are. I just know I am. And I know a path on how to solve it and unwind myself. But I'm just as messed up as you are. And I think that's where some people either on the stage or people viewing people on stage really get into this idea. You know, this idolization. I want to be like that. No, you don't. Don't be like any of us. Be you. And that's one of the bedrocks of my life's work and all of my partners work here at the Quest is this is no longer. And I'm so done with it. Now, every time I see it on social media, I call it out in a very peaceful, positive way to go. This whole you need to be a better you game, this addiction, this search, this constantly need to be better, this I'm never going to be good enough drive FOMO thing that we have created as a society is the dumbest thing I could ever see do psychologically because we're in a constant state of self-bombardment of not good enough, never going to get there, never going to be enough, running out of time, I'm too old, I'm too short, I'm too this, I'm too, whatever. And none of it has anything to do with the truth. But we're so good at absorbing that and keeping in. We all know keeping up with the Joneses is dumb, but we do it. Because we've been told since we were young to be in that space. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world. It's competitive. I will, I'm here to tell you that's a total hogwash. I watch people in the quest every single day from all walks of life, all over the world, collaborate together, whether they're in the same business industry or not. Because you finally figured out that this us and them model thing that we've been trying to do for the last, I don't know, two centuries, saying, you know, it's them and it's us and it's us. Get a, it doesn't work. We're the only neighbors on the block, family. If you look at our solar system, we're the only idiots that bought the first demo house in the whole neighborhood. So it's just us, man. So we can keep this competitive model thing to our own detriment, to the planet's detriment, to our educational debt, to our kids' detriment. And none of us want that, but we're too scared often, not all, the movement's now finally shifting to say, hey, there's something bigger than ourselves going on around here. Isn't it time we tune into that? Whatever that is for you. And for us, it's about going on the adventure of a lifetime going, hey, look, there's only one noble truth on this planet. I've had the luxury of traveling this world three times around the globe. 
And I've only discovered one truth. And I've looked at all major theologies. I've looked at philosophies. I've sat with gurus. I've sat with, you know, ambassadors, people that are supposed to have had this stuff figured out. And the only thing I came to, which we're very adamant about is there's only one truth. None of us are getting off this planet alive, period. Now, every other way, and there's a bazillion ways to get to that truth is a story that we create called the adventure of our life. But at the end of the day, that's the only thing we all can agree on. And yet, if we really want to be honest with ourselves, we do everything we can to avoid that. And yet, as the great Alan Watts said, you know, life doesn't define death. Death defines life. So until we acknowledge that this is a finite ride, that this theme park we call life does have a closing time, the park's going to close and we don't know what it is, it really will categorically shift inside of you and release all of the stuff that you've been stuffing down in the dungeon. I'm not talking about, oh my God, I'm healed. There's nothing to heal you from, right? You went through whatever you went through and all of us have been through. Our stories are, our background stories are fairly intense. And I'm not saying that we're better or worse than anybody else, but what we are is willing to be open about it and share it and say, these are all things we went through because it's helped us become who we are. But when we're going through it, as many of us do, we go, this sucks. Or, you know, I'm, why me? I'm, I'm, how come everyone else doesn't have to go through it? And da, 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 And yet I would invite, implore all of you listening, dive into that. Dive into it because the misfit in you is where your mastership lives. And it is what has been subdued for so long. It's what human tapestry of you needs. It is the jagged little edge. It is the, the puzzle piece that has 12 sides versus the standard side that we need in you to come forward. It's exactly what your business needs. And yet everything about that comment, when I say it, is diabolically opposite to the educational and societal hypnosis that we're all conditioned to fall under, which we all know somewhere deep down the side just doesn't make sense. That is incredible. Um, while, while we're right here in the middle, I want to just give you an opportunity. Where can people go to start this quest or work with you or get help? Because I'd imagine, I mean, to do these things, you need help. I feel like um, you, it's hard to do it on your own. Uh, it probably well, is you want possible. To? Why but, would you yeah. want to? Why yeah. would, this And let's talk about that for a quick and forgive me for interruption, but this is my pet peeve. This whole crap that someone's self-made is total bullshit. Anybody who says they're self-made is the most egocentric lying sack of crap on the planet. I know I used to be that guy. So I'm calling myself and all of us out. Nobody's self-made. It's an us model. We're all in the people business. It doesn't matter what business you're in, online, offline. If you think you're fully automated, you're full of crap because you're dealing with people that make your automation automated. So we're all in the people business. But yet we're so afraid to really be out there with the people. Me, I'm the reverse. And that's what, you know, I'm sure they tweaked my father. Golf when you're playing is a fairly isolated game. You're the, it's you and the ball, right? Maybe your caddy and the people are outside the ropes. But in my business, I'm in the people business. I get to meet people from all walks of life, yourself included. I mean, from CEOs to people who literally you, you would never think to talk to. I mean, even so much far, so far as that I had the opportunity to go live with the Hadza Bay tribe, which is the oldest nomadic tribe in Africa. A thousand years they've been nomadic, sleeping in the dirt, hunting for food, no running water, no shelter, just being nomadic. So when you, but that whole experience shaped me to go, uh, you know, writing in my gratitude journal is really cool. But going out there and being grateful just that you got up and you got a small little piece of meat that took you four hours and six miles to hunt and share with you know, four other warriors, 
That's grateful to me because holy crap, you've never been so grateful in your life to get that small little piece of meat after that endurance run, as opposed to getting up and going, well, Parker, you know, I don't appreciate how my coffee's not 180 degrees and I didn't get it in under three minutes or less, even though I paid six and a half dollars for something that costs less than a dollar. Okay, whatever works for you. What I'm simply saying is there's a difference between writing about gratitude and being grateful. And so experiences like that have helped shape. And so what I, to answer your question, the first thing I do is say, look, how do you want to play the game? And what we do, and you can go to our website, it's ultimatebusinessquest.com, right? First thing you're going to do is you're going to take the personality profiling typing quiz. So, but we do it in the fantasy realm because we have now 50 years of data proving scientifically that if we put you in the fantasy realm, now, listeners, you would know that as the subconscious or the shadow conscious. When we put you there, yes, your eyes are open and no, it is not hypnotic. <laughs> when you put you there, <laughs> all things are possible. You can't limit yourself because it's not how the human brain subconsciously is dynamically designed. That's only at a conscious level, which is where we keep fighting ourselves. You would know that as mind, body, spirit. This is part of that indoctrination into a philosophy that makes no damn sense. Because if it's mind, body, spirit in sequence, mind can't solve itself. So starting at the conscious level and asking your mind to solve itself of why it keeps kicking your own butt is insane. Literally insane. It doesn't work, which is why we talk about all this mindset training, mindset, mind bullshit. It has nothing to do with your head because your head is the problem. It has to come from a different model. So we never get the body. We certainly never get the spirit. So part of the backbone of my work over 31 years it's called the EC formula or the emotional compulsive formula of how we shake up a person's reality and create a lifelong source of spark so that they understand you can level up your business. And when it's in the fantasy realm and all of a sudden it becomes real, you go, holy crap, it happened. I'm like, yes, but you've been manifesting all along. We just did it in a way that doesn't sound so freaking hard obligation. So go take your first thing and we're going to do its archetypal symbology. Our massive system has been tested over 20 years working with at-risk youth. So we know we've taken kids that have been part of sex trafficking, that have been part of cutting, drug use, abandonment, systemization, and brought them back using this exact same sequencing and the exact same science. And we start you off finding out, hey, Mark, are you a warrior, you wizard, a bard, or a jester? And when you take that first quiz, you really start to understand, this is how I'm going to play the game for now. But as you go through the quest, and you start to do this, you start to understand that it isn't about you being one of the four, it's about you being all four, because if you're only one, that means you're only giving 25% of your absolute ability sitting there. 75% of you is sitting on the sidelines. That makes no damn sense. So when we do that in the fantasy realm, that's the first thing you do. So go to ultimatebusinessquest.com. And then secondly, you now have all of this in the power of your hand, literally in the palm of your hand in the form of an app. It's all gamified, it's all done in the app, and it's designed so that you can go 24 hours a day, your pace, your movement, and it's all about not us teaching you, it's about us guiding you from here to there. And the first thing you're gonna do when you go to a business question is you're gonna claim your throne. Most of us are in jobs or in careers that we A, don't really like, but we just happen to be good at, or B, we don't know how to really expand and most importantly, see how the hell to get out of our own way, how to get out of our own freaking head and get out of our own way. And again, if I came to you and said, Parker, we're going to do all of this models. Here's all the psychological stuff we're going to do. Here's all the clinical stuff we're going to do. And here's all the things you're going to need to do. You're going to go, great. I'll talk to you next year. And you'll procrastinate. You'll procrastinate. Yeah, exactly. And we become conditioned 
and something we address right out of the box and we show you how it works all the way four levels deep, how we become conditioned to quitting, but we hide under the word commitment. What we're committed to is quitting. No different than we're committed to being serial job holders versus serial entrepreneurs or CEOs or chairmen or, or chairwomen, whatever you, you've chosen to be. But the bottom line is we've really conditioned ourselves to become serial job holders and serial quitters. It's comfortable. So it's not fear of failure that most people really need to deal with. It's fear of success because they have no idea what that really means. We have no frame of reference for it. So we'll do that and you can download the app. So whether you're Android or Apple, you just type in UBQ ultimate business quest. You'll see the logos you see right here on top of my hat, the king and queen of the castle. And you're going to go through the first adventure. Now there's 18 adventures within this first adventure. So you're going to go all, we're going to deal with a pit of excuses, your top seven fears. You're going to learn archetypal symbology, how your clients show up, how to create your culture, how to learn how to hire and fire. But it's got one theme because that's really what I, I specialize in where my educational background is. It's called reverse hypnotic thematic learning. So a really fancy way of saying, yes, we can talk to you at the conscious level, but more importantly, we're going to talk to you at the subconscious and diabolically, we're going to talk to you at the shadow, which is where all of that stuff we talk about, the misfit, the mastership, and you really lives. And we're going to do a thing called the EC formula and it actually pushes it up and your mind will actually reprogram itself automatically. It's a learning dynamic machine, but how you program it, well, that's a trick. And that's the part we actually part go through. And then everything you need is inside the app. But see, I was one of those guys, and Parker, you probably can relate to this being on the circuit yourself. You know, we do the live events, we go to a speaking event. What do we do? Buy my stuff in the back of the room for four bazillion dollars, right? Some high ticket purchase item, which somehow validates the information more than it normally is, anyways. Right. <laughs> and I know I've been guilty of that too. And knowing, knowing that 90 plus percent of the people that engage in that emotional and then that emotional moment, that caught up moment, are never going to take past the first step. They're going to quit. And all it does is fleece the people. And the people that need this the most are the small and medium cap businesses. They represent 80% of the GDP of the United States alone. And yet we continue to fleece them. And isn't that the us and them model defined on finances? It's the same crap we've been doing since castles ruled the earth in the empires. Like we're still the wealthy and, the, and those who seek to become wealthy. So what if we went the other way? So my partners and I uh, two years ago sat down and said, we're really tired of this high ticket thing. We're tired of fleecing people. Our information is equally, if not more valuable than as anybody else. But charging you $20,000, $30,000 doesn't help you if I keep upselling you to the next ticket, 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 ticket. Yeah, that's great business model, but it's a shitty model when we talk about on a mass scale. So we said, tell you what, we're going to gamify it. We're going to complete the adventure. We're going to put it in an app form and we're make it so everybody has it for $2.99 a month. No upsells, no BS. No, but wait, there's more. We'll give you free shipping. Truly give it to you. Why? Because here's the deal. When we help companies do this, we found two things occurred. One, they'll naturally tell other people about it. And two, they start changing their lives and they realize that the freedom that they really sought isn't necessarily financial, although that comes as a part of it. It's about their business, their personal relationship, their body, their family. Hey, what am I doing for my legacy? And it becomes this bigger than us model. And But it's about fun. Because again, if it's not fun, you ain't going to do it. So from the moment you come in, we immerse you right in the fantasy realm, download the app, take the quiz. You'll find out where you are and boom, you're in. And guess what? You sleep at night knowing that you're actually getting the information that you need and you just you just didn't be mortgage the house or your life savings and risk it all because at the total total totality of the app and the subscription for over the 12 months when you go through the journey with us, and it isn't 12 months, but it's there the entire time, is only 36 bucks. 
Hell, you can't even go to sushi. You can barely go to McDonald's for 36 bucks nowadays. So there's no more excuses to barrier to entry. So we took all the excuses away, even so much so that even the latest, the latest version of the app's getting ready to come out here in about a week and change, right? As we, we turn the year, people are coming back going, wait, it's too good to be true. And I'm like, ah, that's the first thing we're going to talk about because that's the part of you that stopped dreaming and only went into hoping. And hoping is that same old model of BS. Hope for the best, but plan for the worst. And that's that conscious subconscious model right there being displayed and probably the easiest way to show it to you is going, your conscious intentions hoping, but so shallow subconscious, your emotional structure says, I don't expect it to do anything. In fact, I'm expecting failure. And that's how we approach our business. And when we start approaching it, we're really excited to see, we got a billion dollar idea, Parker. We're, we're going to kick apples, but this is it. And about you know 90 days into it, give or take, you go, this sucks. This is just another job and the excitement wears off and we go right back to the process of quitting. We commit to quit. And more importantly, we commit now to let's go find another serial job until we find something. And we're constantly doing this search model to ourselves. So that's the easiest way to find us. Start it off. Can't miss it. It's a great way to start the new year. And trust me, you'll have a blast doing it with us. Yeah. Well, and I'll talk with you after about most ideal time to release this. I'd love to release it at a time that's helpful for you and and to uh, encourage people to go there, not include that in the intro, outro and stuff as well. But sounds freaking amazing. Sounds awesome. It I'm, is. I'm definitely going to check it out. And uh, as you were talking, I had one just kind of pressing question I wanted to get out there. And sure. that is, what what's like the most common way that like wakes people up? Because I, I feel like this is all great to talk about on, a, on the podcast and stuff. And I'm someone who's interested but I could also see myself going to my circle of people saying, hey, like there's this guy like that I just interviewed on my podcast. He does all these things and they go, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, like whatever. And they don't, they think this is just fluffy fluff and it's not actually beneficial. So, it's like how, how do people snap out of it and finally make these changes? Great question. Yeah. When people say, oh, it's all fluffy fluff, I'm like, would you prefer it be hardy hard? <laughs> you've already you've already done that mo- you've done that model to death that's how you got here people whoever you are i know i've done it too it's like beating your head against a wall and expecting it to become a door and then getting pissed off when the door doesn't show up it's a wall people until you acknowledge that the, you are the issue and here's a simpler way to even put that yes the world doesn't revolve around you but you are the center of your world therefore everything emits and emotes from within you about your business your culture, your clients, your employees, your contractors, your social media, everything comes from within you. And if you're not really just being on point with who you are, crystal clear to your mission, regardless of anything else, then you're still trying to fit into that model. Now, I'm not saying you need to be, you know, be a rebel without a cause or be rebellious to be rebellious. You can if you want to, that's your journey. What I am saying is though, is there is an authentic nature that comes through when we finally go, I am really just done with being anybody but me. Because again, like I said a moment ago, this isn't about you being a better you. There is no freaking better you. Better than what? There's only you. How do you compare you to somebody else? That's impossible. We all have individual fingerprints. So to say that my fingerprint needs to morph into yours or yours into mine makes no sense. You could spend the entire life doing that and you obviously will never achieve it. But we most, many of us do that as a model because that's the way we're educationally taught, form and conform. So when you first wake up, it's really coming to the realm of what's the one thing the one thing everybody wants, fun. We want to have fun. 
And when we, and we'll put it in fighter context. This is the first way you're going to wake up right here. You heard it right here at Parker Kane Show. It's very simple. Bang. You want to hear what it is, family? I'll give it to you. It's simple. You spent the first 17 or 18 years of your life on this planet mastering fun. You were a kid. You imagined, you created, everything was open. You were fearless. You went out, did everything, experienced everything. You experienced the highs and lows and you kept moving and it never bogged you down in generalities. Some people did, but in generalities, we were mastering the fun. And then mysteriously, hey, Parker, I hate to break it to you, sir. You're now a senior in high school. You're getting ready to graduate. You need to get your shit together. You need to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life. You need to go find your purpose. You need to go find your soulmate. You need to go find what you're going to do for your living. And, you, and then we're going to kick you out of high school with this piece of paper that says you know something. And you go out there and you don't know jack squat. What you are is educatedly intelligent and life stupid, just like I was. I'm like, well, how do I negotiate a lease or buy a car? What do I need an LLC, a C Corp or an S Corp? What do I form here? Well, that's why you need to go to university. I just spent 12 bloody years going to school. Why do I need to go to school to learn the same shit? I just learned in high school a deeper level, especially like when you get into, you know, things like this. Well, Parker, we need you to be a well-rounded, well well-educated human being. Screw you. I don't want to be well-rounded. I want to be master focused on what I do because all the great masters of business are focused on one thing. They know what they wanted. Look at all the great Bezos, Elon Musk, um, Zuckerberg. They knew exactly what they wanted. They didn't give a shit about anthropology or chemistry or geometry or geology unless they studied it for fun. But our educational system says, let me give you a little bit of everything, Parker, so that you're dull. So you just keep turning the machine that we want you to turn. No, 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 we want you to be a sharp sword because kings and queens carry swords. They don't carry wheels, right? They're transported by wheels, but we carry sharp swords, not for cutting and carnage, although that's there. It's about understanding, I know exactly where to point my sword. I know exactly what I want. I can cut through my own BS. I can cut through my excuses. I can have fun doing it and I can create because you mastered 17 years of having fun and then you just quickly abandoned it under the ideology of becoming an adult. Uh, for which you had no frame of reference. So you got indoctrinated, as did I, as did all of us listening, into the school of hard knocks. That school sucks. It's a terrible school. That's not the way to learn because you only learn by failure. It's very rare you learn by success in that school. So we could get, again, we're back to conditioning, we commit to quit. Because in the school of hard knocks, we expect to get our ass kicked. We expect to fail. We expect to not be good enough. We expect to make mistakes. But wait a minute, when you were younger and fun, you did all that, but there was no self-judgment. There was no putting yourself in hawk. There was no holding yourself back and going, well, that sucked, we're not gonna do that again. You just found a different way to do it because it was really enveloped in fun. So when we look at this, let's go to the law of attraction. Let's go to the law of abundance. Let's come through the crap. And I know a little bit about a family because I was the co-producer and co-star in the sequel, Beyond the Secret. So I know a little bit about this concept. And that whole concept is, until you dive into the misfit in a fun way and realize that the misfit in you is exactly what we need, a la the movie Goonies. If you've never seen the movie Goonies, go see it. It's exactly what we need because we need warriors and wizards and bards and jesters, and they all work together to make that work. So you can't run out of fun. You can never be stolen from you. You can never, quote unquote, need to loan it or borrow it. It's yours in abundance. So if we always come from the base plate of fun, how do I make this fun right now? Even when it sucks, even when you don't have the money to pay the bills, you have no idea what to do next. How am I going to make it fun? There's two things that occur. One, you naturally ignite that mastership you already have for 17 years you mastered. Two, fun's infectious. 
people want to be around adventure. They want to be around fun. Even if they don't know what the hell is going on, they want to do it. And if you want to find your point of that people, you can watch a bazillion videos on any, any social media platform or go to an experience like a concert or like an EDM experience or whatever, and just start dancing, just free dance. And guess what happens? You'll draw a crowd. I know in 2018, we took all of our graduate students to Thailand and we were sitting over on, on Koh Samoy Road, which is this you know, very famous road in Thailand. And there were two bars and both were playing music, but everyone was just sitting there. So my students and I just said, you know, we ought to try a social experiment. We started dancing in the middle of the street. We just jammed, we didn't give a crap. Next thing you know, we had literally 300 people blocking the street, all jamming and dancing because we just said, we're gonna have fun. We don't give a crap about being on this side of the street or that side of the street, looking cool and this side. We didn't give a crap. We said, how about we just in the middle and have fun? And next thing you know, we had everybody having a great time as an example. So when we look from fun, who wants to go to business every day where you're getting your butt kicked, where every day it's a grind? I think the grind's the dumbest thing in history. I'm not saying don't do work. That's the warrior part of you, but it can be fun. But I don't want to grind. All I know is when I grind my nose to the stone, I don't have a freaking nose. My face is all messed up, right? And I show the scars of that. Now, I, I can hear it out there, Parker. You're, some of your, your, your listeners are going to go, ah, oh, come on, Travis, that sounds too good to be true. And I'm like, okay, but you've done all the bad stuff already and you survived it. Isn't it time you try something completely different that you don't really know and have forgotten through self-hypnosis is where your mastership lives, is making it fun. And through that process of fun, that's when you get to stand on stages and go, you know, we had $2 to our name. We're sitting on the living room floor eating you know, Chinese food out of, a, out of a box going, okay, what are we going to do now? And now here we are as a billion dollar company. So when you look at that, that's the story we all want to tell. That's the hero's journey we want to go on. But you have to jump into the character to become part of the hero's journey. Because we have a long time ago, we turned in our hero self. Again, dreaming versus hoping. We stopped dreaming. We jumped into hoping. And hoping is a really, really powerful drug that never delivers. It's very rare that hope delivers, which is why we hope for the best plan for worse. But dreaming, and I don't mean dreaming like fantasizing, like, gee, that'd be great if. I'm talking about you know exactly what you want to create. And if you guys want a great example, there's always that famous movie, uh, Rudy, from Rudy Rudiker, from who went to Notre Dame. It's a great way to look that you don't have to be X or Y or Z. What you have to be is committed committed and we take you to this journey you're literally in this big metaphor it's a massive story from the moment you come in but the way it works in reverse hypnotic thematic learning is you don't realize that all of these things are naturally transforming in you you're just on the adventure next thing you wake up and all of a sudden your company your company's doing a hundred thousand a month or a million a month or you're a billion dollar company because you've literally got everything going in that one direction just like a sword bang and everybody goes with you and it makes business fun and when business is fun you'll do it. You can't wait to get it up. You jump in it every single day. You're like, yeah, what are we going to do now? What's the adventure today? And you can, no matter what, you always know that even when it sucks or you're faced with a challenge or you've got to overcome an obstacle, you've got to get figure out a funding, you can make it fun. And when you make it fun, people want to come a part of it because that's what people really are in the people business. They want to be around people that are on a mission, who know their vision, who are committed to it. And then from a certain point, there's this, you know, this almost altruistic, they're willing to die for it, committed kind of warrior cause. And when we feel that kind of noble charge, I want to be a part of that. Why? Because that's what we want to be a part of. And so when you look at it from that point of view, no matter what business you're in, you're in the people business and making that business fun again will make you successful and release that misfit in you that you've held back because that's where your mastership lives. 
Dr. Travis Fox, everyone. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for that, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, and I have this uh, little segment really fast that I do at the end of each episode. It's called the Upbeat Seat. It's just a few kind of fun questions, but we'll okay. do that real quick and I'll send send us out with some beatboxing. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's do it. Uh, Travis, what makes you upbeat? Oh, I make everything fun. I'm a big goofball. I'm a dork. I'm a ham. I tried to be cool my whole life and realized that there's nothing cool about being cool. Being a dork and a ham and a goofball and laughing and being comedic is really what makes me upbeat. I, I love having fun and I love other people having fun with me. Awesome. Who is your number one influence or inspiration? Oh, easy. P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum uh, influenced me when I was young. And then right behind that, uh, and credit given where credit due, is Dr. Dennis Waitley, the psychology of winning. And completing that hero's journey 40 years later and actually being in the film uh, last year with him when we did Beyond the Secret was a hero's journey for me. But P.T. Barnum, here's a guy that created a legacy out of misfits who all became masters and developed a 110-year legacy. No internet, very little advertising, but just a pure, uh, a pure passion of making fun, making you realize that life is short, man. We don't have time for all this other crap, nor the energy to do it. P.T. Barnum, and to this day, you know, some people often uh, analogize and say that I'm P.T. Barnum reincarnated because to me, I'm the exact same way. I'm like in ring number one, you know, here's my partner, Aaron. Ring number two, here's Sifu John Goff. And ring number three, here's Michelle. And ring number four, here's Parker Kane. And I'm like, I love watching that experience where I go, let me show you why my relationship with this person has affected me and what they're about to guide you through. Watch. And then the spotlight shifts over to that person. And I realized that's really what P.T. Barnum did was he took all of us that were misfits, the, the, the bearded lady, the tall guy, the super strong man, the tattoo, whatever, and said, that's each part of us that we're not willing to recognize. And he put it out front and said, and the great line from the movie the, that they when he did the, the Greatest Showman a couple of years back, which, you know, it's a celebration of humanity. We don't celebrate ourselves very much, but we are really good at kicking the crap out of ourselves. But that's been my two big influences in my life. Absolutely love that. I feel like we could do a whole part two episode just <laughs> dissecting that. So it'd be maybe we'll do Absolutely. that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. What music do you listen to to stay upbeat and motivated? Uh, depending if I'm if I'm in the gym with our CEO trying to stay on the her next competition because all of us are trying to keep up with her because she's a full time bodybuilder as well as CEO as well as mom. Uh, I listen to everything from uh, EDM, Bama eighties dork. I'm a total 80s dork because obviously that's when I was I was in high school. Uh, um, I pretty much listen to everything, and with all my with all due respect to my Texas, you know, Texas background and roots of there, uh, everything but country. I can only listen to country in spurts. Uh, everything else I can listen to and I, I enjoy, um, but country for some reason just the down tempo of that slows me down just a little bit. Where I I'm not sure I like that down tempo, but most of the time that's what I'm listening to, something like that. Awesome. Uh, do you have any favorite TV shows or movies right now? I don't watch a lot of TV. Uh, I find that TV is you know, formulaic. Having come from a film and production background, being an Emmy Award winner myself, I am as a producer. I find it formulaic. I, I see more of the independence now, which is, excites me more, whether it's, you know, the Netflix, the Amazons, the Hulus, you know, uh, even the Plutos now that are coming online. What I tend to get into is either docu-series. I love watching the stories of other people and their journey. I find that fascinating to me. Um, or I'm a history buff. I love watching history because, you know, that old saying that says, you know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And I find that human beings, we repeat history often. We just change characters and environments. Uh, but that's really where I can hang. My favorite movie of all time, ironically, is The Last Samurai. <laughs> They're probably from my Japanese roots. 
Awesome. Uh, last one here is favorite social media and where you'd want to send people to connect with you. Um, my favorite would probably be Instagram because it's easy for me to just go back and forth with people. And I guess I do answer all my own DMs. I know people are like, oh, well, your assistant does that. I'm like, nope, it, it's actually me. I, I don't let my assistant anywhere near my DMs. I, I like to engage with people. Um, I'd say that. And, and I still haven't quite figured out TikTok uh, in my own I haven't figured out what that algorithm is, but I enjoy watching TikTok because I love the creativity. People are just having fun and there's no limits to what they're willing to do as far as that fun is concerned. But those are the two I generally hang out. Instagram, you can work with me direct on. Uh, TikTok, I'm there. I just haven't quite figured out how to make it a, you know go to 400 billion followers. That, that algorithm <laughs> is just not quite hit my head yet. <laughs> I know the feeling. Right? Well, thanks so much for uh, being on Upbeat. I'm going to send us out here by beatboxing your name real quick. Let's do it. Travis Fox. Travis Fox. Damn, that was cool, bro. That's awesome. Man, I'd love for you to do a rap for the quest. That's freaking cool. I think yeah. that's awesome. How'd you learn that? Uh, well, I started when I was nine. Uh, good and bad, I guess, now after this learning from you on this episode, because I started seeing oh, wow. Justin Timberlake do it on TV, right. and I was like, I want to be that guy. <laughs> and so I started learning to beatbox about 20 wow. years ago. That's amazing. That's amazing. You can have that many instruments moving out of one single source at the exact same time. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. That's really cool, man. Thanks awesome. for that. So there you have it, my interview with Dr. Travis Fox. An absolute pleasure to have him here on Upbeat. And of course, we'd both love to connect with you as well. So you can find me at my website, parkercane.co, parkercane.co, and Travis at his website, ultimatebusinessquest.com, ultimatebusinessquest.com, or his Instagram, at TravisFox360. If you enjoyed this episode or got value from it, then please share it with a friend and leave an Upbeat review that is always so appreciated. You're the best. I'll see you next week. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Subscribe at parkerk.co.